Welcome to another edition of Inside the Huddle Podcast with Brayden Soprenit, uh, with San Diego Prep Insider slash Southern California Prep Insider, focusing on high school coaches in San Diego County. It is a podcast for coaches, by coaches, with coaches, you know, discussing different topics throughout the San Diego high school sports realm, uh, different, you know, issues that may come about, different uh, controversial topics potentially, and just, you know, the news that's going around San Diego County when it comes to high school sports. This episode is going to be focused on the Open Division playoff for San Diego High School football, the new format. There's now four teams in the Open instead of eight teams. I like the eight-team format before. I think we jumped the gun a little bit too much, right, or a little too quick here uh, with the four-team playoff. I think it can work, but I think there's some other things that need to be uh, changed, and I'll I'll get into that in a second. Coming up, we're going to have head coach Robbie Owens of of Helix High School. He's going to join us, talk about how he got into coaching and his path that has taken him to get to Helix and the success he's had at Helix as well as his 2018 Helix Highlander football team. Uh, we'll also get his opinion on the open playoff. I got head coach Sean Doyle of Cathedral Catholic. He's going to be talking about you know his dons and how he's coached at his alma mater for now 30-something years, 23 years as the head coach. And then we'll talk to Sean Sovacol of La Costa Canyon as he enters his ninth season with the Mavericks up in Encinitas. And he'll discuss his 2018 team his brother that coaches a JV team with him, you know, the family affair of all his brothers and sisters being coaches and, and, and teachers and, and some uh, interesting, um, you know, rivalries and other things that, that they got going on at LCC as well, of course, as his open division um, take on the, on the new playoff. As far as my take is concerned, like I said a little bit later or uh, earlier, sorry, I don't. I'm not really for the open being four teams. I think a lot of teams right now, and I'm not naming names, but I think in general, I think they're selling themselves short when it comes to being an open team. I think they go, you know, what I got in at at five. There's no way I'm going to win this, but I can go down and play D1 and potentially win a CIF championship. And to me, I don't know why it would be any different, but to me, I don't see the reward in that. I don't understand why you wouldn't want to be in the highest division possible. And even if you get smoked in the first round, it's still the best division of football that you could potentially win in San Diego County. And to cut that down to four, I think, is a little too extreme. Because I don't really, I I truly believe that there's not a lot of teams in San Diego County that were for this. I think most teams in San Diego County, whether it be in North County, East County, the city section of the South Bay, I think they want to be in the open. And I think if they are the fifth team, I think they're going to be upset that they're not in the open and they're playing in Division One. Because if you get, if when it comes down to it, because all those teams started in the same division to start the season, Division One champion is fifth place. Yes, they're CIF champion technically, but they're the fifth best football team in San Diego County. And it is what it is, and that's how the format is. Now, if we're talking different divisions, you can say, yeah, we're the best team in our division. But they're not because the open division has all the teams from Division One, And Division One is the secondary group behind the open division. You win the Division One, you came in fifth place. You won Division One in previous years with the Open, and you came in ninth place. 
And yeah, you won a division, a CIF championship. And I'm not taking away anything from winning a Division One championship because it is still difficult to do. But at the end of the day, the way the divisions are set up, you're either you either finish in ninth place or you finish in fifth place. And I think most teams want to be in that open division and don't want to settle for Division One. There's pros and cons though. Look at La Costa Canyon last year. They had a phenomenal year. And then near the end, they had some wholesale changes at a lot of spots, and they were a different team going into the playoffs. The team that started the season was an open playoff team. The team that finished that season was not. They were probably a Division I team. That's a case where I feel like the Division I would probably work out for them. And there's another good point of, you know, if you're 7 or 8 and you make the open, and you're going against a powerhouse in a Helix or Cathedral Catholic or Mission Hills last year, and you kind of don't match up well, your season's over before a team that's 9, 10, or 11 who ends up winning a title, a team that you know you're better than. So I think, again, the way it is formatted now, before you all start calling me some names, I, I don't like the playoff. I, the four teams coming from the open are you know taken out of the Division One and, and teams settling to win Division One. It's just I just I don't like I don't like the message it sends. But this is how you fix it, in my eyes. This is what I would have done. Again, it's not perfect. It's just an idea. But but think about it this way. Let's say you do do a four team open playoff. Have the Division One playoff be eight teams and have like 20 to 25 teams in, in D1. Okay? That way you don't have losing record teams making the playoffs. And if you do, it's maybe a four and six team that played a brutal schedule. That way you do have your top four teams in the open in the open playoffs. You have a really good representative that won Division One that can potentially win state for San Diego. And it's still balanced between the other levels. And the other thing I would do with Division Two down is I would make it eight-team playoffs. I think 12 teams is just way too much in high school football. I think it needs to be changed. You have too many instances of teams 1-9, and 0-10 making the playoffs and, and, and competing in a first-round matchup that really doesn't matter. And it's just an extra week of, of games that kids have to play. And I think ultimately, if they want to expand the state playoff, which they have done and they're looking to do even more, I think it works out even better. But just to clarify, before I get all these mean DMs of how I, I don't think Division One winners are champions or anything like that, I'm talking about if we want to take the cream of the crop and the best teams of the county, I think there are eight deserving teams that deserve to be and have a chance to win an open final championship. And I think some of these teams are not giving themselves the credit they deserve because, you know, they look at it. And I'm not saying they think they're going to lose, but I think they're thinking, you know what, we don't we don't really match up well, and and, and we'd rather just go play in Division One. I. I think I think some teams you start getting the confidence that hey, we can beat some of these guys, and I want to see the best teams in the open. But as of right now, the four team open. 
I see the pros and cons. I'm not totally against it, but I'm pretty much against it. I like the eight teams. I know, again, the evidence shows that five through eight won't win the first game and eliminates that, and I see that, and it gives them a chance to win a championship. But at the end of the day, we're better than that here in San Diego. We have better teams that can compete at a high level, and I think if you gave it more time, you'd see more five seeds, six seeds, seven seeds, and eight seeds winning games and making a making a run in the open division playoff. The other thing it shows is it shows that the seeding is done exceptional. You'd have to think that one through eight, if you had the one through eight bracket, the one team is most likely going to beat the eight team, and the two is going to beat the seven, and the three is going to beat the six, and the four is going to beat the five. If it was chaotic, then you'd say the seating would the seating was bad, and they'd totally get rid of the max preps, cal preps rating system they have right now. But it is what it is. When we come back, I got Robbie Owens on the show talking to us about the Open Division playoff, talking about his Highlanders of 2018 and how he got into coaching. You're listening to Inside the Huddle podcast, podcast by coaches, for coaches, with coaches, with Southern California Prep Insider. Welcome back to the Inside the Huddle podcast with Braden Soprenant. I'm here with head coach of the Helix Highlanders, Robbie Owens. He's entering his third season. He's 23-5 and five as the head coach. Coach Owens, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great myself. After uh, you know the technical difficulties of getting you on, it's uh, it's good to finally have you on. And you know, let's talk about uh, your story and how you got to becoming the the Helix coach. You know, you've kind of coached all over the place in Colorado. You've coached in Florida, but you know, you started off at at uh, uh, Division Two Colorado Mesa University. How was it uh, being an assistant at um, you know the college level? Well, I had, I had went, you know, I played at Mesa and then, and, you know, got an opportunity to get into coaching right after um, my playing days and, you know, co- coached there for 11 years and, and learned a lot about football and, and obviously the college game. And I'm actually going into my 12th year. So I've done 11 years of college and 12 years of high school starting this year. So I'll, I'll officially be a high school coach um, starting this year. But, um, you know, the story of getting to the Helix is kind of unique in the fact that. I didn't have a connection here. This was just kind of San Diego was kind of our vacation spot. And um, I had a buddy tell me that uh, he saw that the Helix job had opened up and that I should apply for it. And to be honest with you, I applied for it, didn't think a second thought about it. And, you know, the next thing I know, I'm, I'm moving my family to, to San Diego. So it's it's been an amazing transition. It's been an, uh, an amazing uh, thing for my family. Uh, I tell most people I feel like I won a lottery ticket. So, I feel very fortunate to be the head coach here at Helix. Uh, yeah, what, such a storied program, and you know you d- you didn't really miss a beat when when you took over as coach, taking over for uh, Troy Starr, who who was a hell of a coach, and you know the coaches in front of you. Talk about you know you didn't know too much, but before you got here, what did you know about San Diego High School football? Well, the funny thing is, I had brought my Colorado team to uh, the USD uh, summer camps during the summer before California passed the uh, no equipment rule in the summer. So um, I had came here for two years to USD, and it was a full contact camp and got to play St. Augustine, El Cap, Sweetwater was there, um, East Lake was there. So I got to play those teams. So I was, you know, Elijah Preston. I, I, I coached against Elijah Preston from Saints for, you know, for two summers and, that Eastlake team with Coach McFadden when he was there. So, you know, I was familiar with the football. Um, you know, obviously I knew there was a lot of tradition here at Helix and, uh, 
you know, taking over a program that had, you know, won the uh, CIF championship the year before, you know, I got here, you know, I knew there was going to be high expectations and, you know, just kind of came in here and, and, you know, wanted to put my spin on everything and kind of put my touch on everything. But again, didn't want to, you know, change anything too dramatically because, you know, Helix wasn't broken. You just had to come in here and add some value to the program. And, you know, I, I think we've done that in the two years I've been here and, you know, playing the Open Championship the last two years has been an amazing experience and obviously winning it and playing for a state championship last year with a great group of kids. Um, you know, it's, it's probably, you know, last year is probably the most memorable uh, season I've had in coaching. And so, you know, I truly appreciate the opportunity. Was it intimidating at all? You show up at Helix, you know, you know, you see in the gym, they got Reggie Bush's jersey and they got Alex Smith's, jer- Smith's jersey and a couple other, you know, NFL guys. Did you... Was it any was it intimidating at all? You know, coming into a somewhat of a storied program. No, I think it was just different. I, you know, I don't think it was intimidating. You know, the two programs in high school that I had came into as a high school coach were two programs that you know hadn't been doing very well, and you know, it was easy for me to come in and kind of just change everything and do it my way, and and because you know they were looking for a change. I think coming to Helix was you know way different in the fact that. You know, as I said before, you didn't come in here wanting to change anything. You wanted to kind of come in and fit in and 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 kind of fill it out a little bit. So I do feel like the transition was a little bit different. But you know, I took on the program, you know, because you know I wanted a job like this. This is, you know, I want to coach in this environment. I want to coach these type of kids. You know, I want to coach with a lot of pressure, and it reminds me of coaching in college football a lot more than my two previous high school jobs, and so. You know, I think, uh, you know, that's that's why I got into the game. I'm a math guy. You know, I, I, I love the pressure of strategy and chess and, and what football adds. And I think where we're at at Helix, we're playing, you know, at you know, in the top level of the country type of caliber of football. So, you know, it's exciting for me. And it's why I got into coaching and what I want to continue to do for the rest of my life. Let's let's talk about math and being you know stressful and, and high competing. I, I look at your first five games and you know that is a gauntlet of teams. You know that you only play two teams in San Diego in your non-league in Cathedral and Saints. Those are two big private school teams. But Cajon is top in the state. Aurora Grande is do, it does really well, and Sororo in the Honor Bowl uh, is going to be a tough test for you as well. As you're getting ready for Cajon, give us a little scouting breakdown on what Cajon brings to the table for your first game and, and let people of San Diego know because a lot of people in San Diego, when you play a team outside of county, don't really know what, what, what you're getting with you know some of these teams. I know they're really good, but some people might not know. What's your scouting report on, uh, on Cajon for week one? Well, I think that's the one thing, being at Helix, it's very difficult to build a schedule. And, you know, we want to have some national recognition. So we're playing, we're, you know, we'll play anyone, anywhere. And, uh, you know, Cajon's going to come in with a quarterback that's been offered by every, you know, uh, you know, big five power school in the country. He's athletic and, and throw the ball and can run. Uh, you know, they got a six nine receiver who's getting recruited by everybody in the country who's really difficult to stop. Um, you know, we, we got to see them in the state championship. They played the game before us. So we got to actually see them a little bit last year. And so when we started uh, kind of looking at a, a possibility of a game, you know, in the spring, you know, we knew what we were getting ourselves into. But, you know, Cajon's a, a, a perennial power in San Bernardino. They're going to be a, a great football team. We're going to have to go down to their place. And, and you know, I think it's going to be a tremendous challenge for us 
you know, we're in a unique situation, the fact that we took 60 guys to the state championship and, and 30 of them were seniors last year. So, you know, we're a little green at some spots, and, you know, starting this year. And so, you know, it's going to be a game that they're, they're going to earn their stripes and earn their Keelix jersey, you know, right off the bat. And then, as you said, playing Saguaro the second or the third game of the season in the Honor Bowl, you know, they're a top 20, probably a, a, could be a top 10 team in the country with a lot of guys coming back, going for their seventh straight state championship in a row. I think they got 13, 14 Division One players. And so, um, you know, Arroyo Grande lost to Oaks Christian, and then we play our little own holy war with uh, Cathedral. And I know there's no love lost between our two programs, and St. Augustine's been a great program. So we know our, our first five games are, are going to be a challenge for us, but that's, that's what it's about being at Helix. You know, we tell our kids, you know, you put that jersey on, you got to respect the name, you got to respect Helix, and you got to respect all the people that have put that jersey on, and you got to go out there and compete against anybody in the country. Let's talk about that that holy war a little bit um, that you said you had with Cathedral. Now, Cathedral's big rival, Saints, and, and your big rival, you know, historically has been Grossmont. Uh, you guys have owned most of that rivalry over the last decade or so. Um, but what what can you say about this, you know, this new matchup between Cathedral and, and Helix that just started not too long ago that seems to be happening every year and has been, you know, you guys have had the upper hand most years, but it's been pretty back and forth. Describe, you know, that uh, Helix-Cathedral game and what it's turned into. Well, I think, you know, there's no other coaching staff in, in San Diego I respect more than Coach Doyle and his staff because you know going into the game, you know, they do what they do. They're going to run their wing tee, and, and they're going to be physical, and they're going to be well-coached, and, you know, they're going to be great on defense and physical on defense. And so, you know, I think in my two years here, you know, we've you know, we played three years. We got to play twice the year that they won the state championship, and obviously we got to play last year. And we know they're returning a lot of guys this year. But, you know, I think that's what it's all about. I think, you know, when, when you put Helix and, and Cathedral on a schedule – you know, it's going to catch any coach's eye that's in San Diego that knows anything about football. And, you know, I think it's two programs. That, you know, I'm hoping we play each other for the rest of, you know, the time that we have. Um, you know, I want to play them every year. And, and, you know, obviously there's going to be times we're going to get to play each other two times in a year, and hopefully that's more times than not. Um, but, we, like I said, it, it's, just, it's respectful. I think, you know, there are two programs that are storied in their own ways. And so I think bringing us together every year is pretty uh, special and unique in San Diego. Yeah, it, it's definitely turned into uh, you know a great sort of rivalry uh, in San Diego. That's not you know league based, but let's talk real quick. Let's give some love to the Honor Bowl. Um, you've participated in a couple of years now. Uh, what can you say about what the Honor Bowl brings and what kind of matchup you usually get out of it? Well, I, I think that the thing about it, obviously, it's special because it's uh, it's. You know, the, the game's all about honoring the troops and, and those soldiers that are out there giving us our freedoms and giving us the ability to play this great game and, and they've given their lives for this country. And, you know, the thing about the Honor Bowl that, you know, is special for us is it's a game that, you know, they schedule for us each year. We know we're going to get a quality opponent. Um, we were supposed to play Saguaro last year and there was a scheduling issue with Saguaro. So, um, you know, we ended up getting that change and, and, and playing Paraclete last year. But, um, you know, we're, we know we're going to play a great team. And I, I think that's the thing for us is, you know, we want to have, uh, you know, some ability to play some teams out of state um, and, and getting to play an Arizona team. And, you know, we've been playing the Utah schools the last two years I've been here. You know, I just think that's part of the unique experience of, of high school football and being at Helix is, you know, we want these guys to be able to compete against teams that, 
when we say their names, it doesn't mean a lot to them, and, and they have to look at, you know, Twitter or Instagram or whatever, and, you know, all of a sudden you look at Saguaro and you realize, you know, they're a top 30 team in the country. You know, they, they got a lot of guys back. They're talented. They, I think they got the number one DB in the country. Um, they got eight guys coming back on defense, and Coach Mons does a great job with their program. And so, um, you know, it's that's what it's – you know, again, I go back to that's what it means to play at Helix. We're going to play the best teams, and, you know, we're going to go out there and, and, and compete against the best each and every week. And, uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter who we're playing. we got to go out there and represent Helix football. Let's talk about Helix football 2018. Um, you, you said it yourself. You guys had 60, te- 60 kids go to the state championship year. You only got 30 back. You got a brand-new quarterback in Daniel Amon who transferred. Um, you know, Michael Shawcroft is probably the best linebacker in the county. And then, of course, you got one of the, probably the best running back in the county, too, with Fatu Noah. You know, talk about some of these kids and anybody else that you think uh, is going to be an impact this year for the Helix Highlanders in 2018. Well, I definitely think, you know, with L. Elion and, and, and Michael, you know, Michael Shawcroft definitely is a San Diego commit, great football players, played at Helix since he was a freshman, you know, will be a linebacker, tight end guy for us, won't be off the field very much, will be a, a two-way guy, but um, just a special guy, he's kind of our, our leader, um, you know, has got a lot of, you know, had a lot of recruiting interest throughout the uh, past two years, and then decided that he wanted to go to San Diego State, which I think is special since we have Carson and, and Rashad there. Um, and then, you know, L.L. Leon Noah, you know, is, I tell everybody that comes in here, every Division One school, he's the most unique, special player that I've probably ever coached. I mean, he's he plays physical. He has so much heart, so much determination. And as you said, he's one of the top running backs in, in the county. You're going to see him a little bit on defense this year. And I think he is – you know, when you just talk pure football players, there's very few guys that can match up him for pound for pound um, as good a football player as he is. And uh, I, I think uh, people are going to see him put on a show this year, and I'm excited that uh, that he's a part of our program. Um, you know, you know, we got Daniel transferred in, and, and, you know, we're just trying to get him acclimated to the offense. He just got here, and, you know, we got Delshawn Trailer, who's been our quarterback throughout the summer, so those guys are battling out at quarterback. Um, we have, uh, you know, Chris Alvarado started for us all year last year at offensive line, so he's coming back and he'll play some defense for us. Um, Jagger Giles is a very special linebacker. I think he'd probably get a lot more interest, uh, you know, this uh, off season or this season because uh, playing next to Shawcroft, he's a, a Division One talent. And then Jacob Ray's another linebacker, so we're loaded at linebacker. Um, so we got some guys coming back. We got some good young skill guys that were with us last year. Just didn't get a lot of playing time because of the guys that were in front of them. But we're excited about the group we have. And, and you know, at the end of the day, we lost a lot of guys, but nobody's going to feel sorry for Helix. Everybody's going to come guns blazing and, and want to beat us. And so, you know, it, it doesn't matter. When we put that jersey on, we got to go out and represent. And these kids know it. And, and they've been working hard all summer and all, all this week. And so we're excited about the team that we have. Yeah, when you're saying nobody feels bad for Helix, I, I know of a lot of teams out in East County that don't ever feel bad for Helix, ever. So and I was talking to Ron Berner Sr. last uh, last week at El Cap, and he was talking about how hard it is to play in the you know East County. And you know, the Avocado League gets a lot of love, and the Western League gets a lot of love. But talk, talk to us about the Grossmont League and what challenges you know that league brings week after week. Well, I think you just have to look at last year, and I think that's the craziest thing for me being new here is you look at last year and you see what Steel Canyon did, you know, going to the state championship. You look at Monta Vista, 
you, you look at the teams that we face week in and week out, even Grossmont, the way they've competed in the open division the last two years, I don't think East County football gets as much respect as it deserves. Um, we know every week we go out there that we're going to have, you know, teams that, you know, we put the Helix jersey on, we know we're going to intimidate them, but they're going to come out and they're going to come out and try to battle us each week. And, you know, the Grossmont rivalry is probably unlike a lot of rivalries in San Diego. And if you, if people out there hadn't seen, you know, a Grossmont Helix game, it doesn't matter that we've won a lot of games. Uh, Grossmont's going to come out there and they're going to battle us each and every year. And, yeah, and there's going to be a lot of fan support. The alumni for Helix, that's the one game they want you to win every year. And, yeah, I know it means a lot to the Grossmont community. So, you know, I think, you know, you look at last year and what East County did, uh, I, I just think, it, you know, it, it says a lot uh, about the coaches and the players in East County. And, uh, again, I don't think they get the credit they deserve. And, you know, we just got to continue doing it and, and year in and year out. And, uh you know, we know that North County's got some good football teams. There's good football teams everywhere. I mean, Madison's a great football team. You know, playing Coach Jackson, probably one of my favorite guys in the county. I, I know it's going to be a great game if we play him. So, you know, when you play football in, in San Diego, it doesn't matter if you're Northeast, you know, South Bay. You know, there's good football programs everywhere. Yeah, that's just it's what you're going to get, and San Diego's on the rise. I'm going to tell you right now, my favorite matchup every year is if you guys – team up with Madison because you guys a lot a lot of similar kids and that, that game's usually a battle just like that uh, last playoff guy uh, game you guys had but you know what coach I know you got it you're, you're busy you got to get ready for Cajon's gonna be a, a big game uh, thanks for joining us today thanks again to coach Owens of Helix High School for joining us today and he he talked about his brutal schedule that he has and the rivalry that he has uh, brewing against Cathedral Catholic when we come back we're gonna hear from Cathedral Catholic's own Head coach Sean Doyle, he joins the program next. You're listening to Inside the Huddle with Braden Zaprenit on SoCal Prep Insider. Welcome back to Inside the Huddle podcast with Braden Zaprenit. I'm here with head coach of Cathedral Catholic Sean Doyle. Entering his 23rd season this season with the Cathedral Catholic Dons. Coach Doyle, how are you doing tonight? Great. How about yourself? I'm, I'm doing well. And, you know, anytime we're talking football, it's it's, uh, it's a good time of year. And, you know, let, let's get into how you got into coaching. You, you're actually coaching at your alma mater, which is, which is a f- great experience. But, um, you know, you played football in high school. When, at what point did you realize, you know, maybe I want to, you know, pursue a, you know, a coaching slash teaching career? You know, like uh, like a lot of kids, I going to college, I had a lot of aspirations, and uh, they kind of fell by the wayside. Orthopedic surgeon, architect, and just realized that sports was uh, an important part of my life, and wanted to be involved in it uh, on the coaching side. Um, so I worked on going to school and getting my credential. And as I was doing so at San Diego State, I was taking classes at State in Mesa, and it was two-a-days and thought, you know, I'm going to stop by uni and check out practice and sat out in the parking lot and watch practice. And they only had two coaches at the time on the field, so I called Coach Hamamoto up and told him I'd be very interested in coaching, and um, he hired me. And I was a freshman coach the first year, and second year moved up to the JV, and then third year up to varsity, and then became his D coordinator, and it just fell into place, um, really almost by happenstance. 
and uh, and then when he left to go to Rancho Bernardo, uh, just decided that being a head coach was in my path. How how was it for you? You know, you've only coached at you know one school, and it happens to be your alma mater. Was that just the perfect fit, and you didn't want to leave? How how is it? You know, coaching at at the place where you played yourself. It's awesome. Um, like I said, I, I when I left, I never thought I would return. You know, as a teacher and a coach there for sure. But um, Coach Almoto, in my opinion, is the best head coach in San Diego County. Looking at what he's done at every place that he has gone. And to learn under him was unbelievable. Um, I learned so much about being a head coach and uh, preparing for people and whatnot. And so when I became the head coach, you know, you said it's 23 years. It really just, it doesn't seem like it's been that long. When you when you talk about being a head coach, it comes with a lot of stuff besides, you know, just running plays and just making sure your guys are ready on Friday nights. Um, I know from experience because I you know was fortunate enough to play for you at Cathedral Catholic. Uh, talk to us a little bit about you know molding young men and and how you go about you know having different teaching points in the way you coach. Well, you know, yeah. Calling the offense and, and, and doing the football stuff is the easy part of coaching, uh, being the head coach. Um, you know, I, when I started coaching and thinking about being a head coach, I had a lot of uh, thoughts about how we could do things and and, and what we should do. And, and really, um, years ago, probably the second year I became the head coach, uh, at, at uni, I brought a gentleman down, Jim Soaker, who is one of the winningest Division II coaches around. He's passed since, but uh, he coached at Davis for years and was always successful. And my brother-in-law played for him. And I brought him down here for a couple days, and we really talked X's and O's for maybe an hour out of all that time. And uh, he spent the, the, the just the majority of the time talking about what you said, helping make young men uh, good people in our society and, and just do the right things and uh, just really kind of fit to the type of person that I was. And we kind of jumped on that, stopped talking about winning and talking about doing the right things. And since then, uh, we've been pretty successful, um, you know, and a lot of the stuff that we do is about trying to teach young uh, young boys, young men uh, into becoming good men uh, for our society. Let's let's talk about how you built that program up. You know, uni back in the early um, you know early eighties and, and and throughout you know um, that uh, that that decade or that century really it wasn't really what they are today at Cathedral Catholic. And you were a huge part of, of building that program up. How are you able to build that program to where it is today? And what advice would you give other coaches that are you know trying to you know turn some things around at the schools that they coach at? Um, you know, Coach Almoto did an unbelievable job, and if you look at uh, you know his record there, it was unbelievable. Um, when I took over, I, I think the one thing that I did uh, was we scheduled the hardest schedule that we possibly could. Um, so I think my first year we played, you know, Monta Vista, Vista, Torrey, Morse. Uh, and Henry in our non-league, and they were all top 10 teams at the time and just powerhouses in San Diego. And uh, we took our lumps, but we also played some some close games. And 
uh, just tried to teach the kids, uh, this is, if you want to be the best in San Diego, this is what the best in San Diego looks like. And, uh, you know, we just kept doing that. And the kids started buying into it and working hard in the weight room. Uh, our kids, I not say enough about the kids and coaches at Union and Cathedral over the years, put into creating the program what it is. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people focus on the winning, and winning is obviously important. That's why we play the game. But I think if, if you really focus on just teaching the kids uh, what the purpose of working hard is, um, that you're going to be successful. Uh, you at least have a chance to be successful by working your tail off. There's no guarantees. Uh, but there's definitely a guarantee if you don't work hard that you're not going to be successful. Let, let, let's talk. We'll, we'll get into your schedule in just a bit because this year's schedule again is is, is loaded, just like you know years past. 2017 wasn't up to you know potentially Don's you know football expectations. You go five and seven relatively early out in the playoffs. How how was this off season for you and and, and for Cathedral Catholic in, in getting ready to you know get back to the level that they were at the year before that in, in being a state uh, contender? Yeah, you know, last year we knew that if we were injured, if we got injured at all, we were going to probably have a tough time because we were very thin. Our offensive line was incredibly young, a freshman and three sophomores starting. Um, and those injuries came. I mean, we lost more kids to season-ending injuries than I'd ever had in 23 years of me being a head coach and 33 years coaching. It was incredible. Uh, we lost Sean Poma, a young man I consider the top running back in the county in game one. He played the next two, but at half speed, uh, and, and then had to have surgery, and we lose our star running, I mean, our pre-safety, and it's just it was one guy after another lineman, and uh, they just dropped like flies. And uh, but the kids kept battling, and I think that was the only difference uh, this year. The kids came out just like they have every year. I mean, last year that team worked real hard. Uh, things just didn't happen for them. Um, but you know, I interview my kids probably four or five times throughout the year. What's your goals? You know, for life as a young man college, high school, whatever it is, and, and football is one of them. And I, I don't imply anything. I don't try to put any goals into their minds. And darn near every single kid says they want to be CIF champs and state champs. So it's just something that's kind of ingrained in them in the program, and it's something they're driving for every time. You start your uh, your 2018 campaign against La Costa Canyon. You know a matchup that a lot of people have been wanting to see for a long time. Uh, what I'm going to interview uh, Sean uh, Sovacol in a little bit, but what what went into the, what, what went into scheduling the first game, and how are you guys able to 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 put LCC on the schedule? And you know I, I know you've already probably looked at film. What, what are some challenges you guys are going to face in a, in a pretty talented La Costa Canyon team come uh, August 17th? Oh, they're very talented. Sean has done an unbelievable job up there with the program. And we've tried to play in the past. And, you know, when they've had an opening, we haven't, and back and forth. And it just happened to work out this year. So um, I, I think it's great. I think it's great for San Diego County football. Uh, I know it's great for both of our programs. Um, you know, we, we get an opportunity to play one of the perennially top programs in the county. 
which is a great challenge. Um, so it's going to be fun. Uh, defensively, I, I have watched film of them from last year, and uh, they get after it. They they get after the ball. Uh, there's a lot of guys around the ball on tackles. Um, they do some nice stuff defensively, moving before the snap. Uh, and, and offensively, um, you know, they just do a lot of stuff. Their quarterback last year was tremendous athlete uh, and, and really was uh, seemed like hard uh, to take care of in their offense, uh, along with the rest of the stuff. Uh, you know, they got a great running back coming back that has unbelievable speed, um, some great, tall, long kids on the edge um, that can catch the football and do some stuff in space. Let's talk about uh, two other games in your in your non-league. You have Helix, and I just talked to um, Robbie Owens, and that, that that's a matchup that he loves as a coach because of the respect he has uh, for you and your coaching staff and, and the rivalry it's kind of turned into. But then you also got Sarah Gardena, which is going to be a challenge uh, mightily for, for any San Diego team, let alone you know maybe just Cathedral Catholic. And you guys get to play them in the Honor Bowl. Uh, what can you say about these two programs and, and the challenges you're going to face? And on top of that, you know, talk to us a little bit about the Honor Bowl and, and, and participating in it and being able to, to host such a great event? Well, first, Helix, I mean, it, it doesn't matter who the head coach is there. Those guys have all done great jobs. Um, you know, in, in, and luckily we've been playing them, I, I think it's eight, nine, ten years uh, in a row. We've had some great games throughout the years. Uh, I, I think we're pretty close to even on, on the uh, record you know, back and forth with each other. They might have us one or two more games. But uh, it's just a great game. You know you're going to get great athletes that are coached very well, that are disciplined and play hard. Um, But, again, it's a great opportunity to play one of the perennial powers in San Diego, uh, which if you want to be good, then you got to play those guys that are the best. Uh, The Honor Bowl is an unbelievable experience. Um, This is going to be our fifth year playing in it. They always have tremendous opponents. Uh, we've played Oaks Christian twice in it. Uh, we played Jordan of, of Utah, who was one of the top teams in Utah that year. Uh, we played Orange Lutheran last year, and now we get to play Sarah Gardenia. So there's there's no um, taking it easy type of a game in that thing. But the whole program that they put on in the in the day. Um, to honor the military and especially the wounded in the military is over the top. I I would recommend anybody that gets an opportunity to go to that game to go. Um, The money is all donated from the gate uh, to help out um, wounded warriors that uh, I think now what they've been doing is buying them uh, dogs, um, you know, to be partners with uh, people that that are suffering from PTSD. Uh, so that, that's another awesome thing to know that you're helping out um, somebody. Let's talk before, real quick, uh, we talk about your 2018 team and, and, and players that are going to be impact for the Dons this year. Let's talk about the league because, you know, the Western League is arguably one of the top leagues in San Diego County. You know, they compete with the, the Avocado League when it, when it comes to, you know, media talking about who's the best league. Um, but you got Madison in that league. You got St. Augustine. You got, you know, Lincoln just got added, Point Loma. What can you say about, you know, again, I've been using the word challenges, but, you know, what can you say about how difficult it is to play late in the season in, in such a tough league? 
you know what? It, it's difficult, but it's fun. It's fun to prepare for teams that are that are good um, that you can't let down because if you let down at all, you're going to lose. And uh, you know those teams that you named. If you look in the CIF championships over the last four years, you're going to see those names consistently in there: Saints, Madison, Point Loma, Lincoln. Uh, you know what I mean? It's um, it, it, it is a great league, and uh, it, it's fun to be a part of. Let's talk about that 2018 team you guys got. You know, impact players like Sean Poma, and you got receivers in Zion Serrani and, 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 and DJ Justice. You got new quarterback DJ Ralph that's been uh, battling out with uh, Caleb Price on you know on the offensive side, plus tons of guys on the defensive side like Miles McCormick. You got Nick Garena back uh, and, and some young guys too, but... Uh, Let's talk about some of the players you got and, um, you know, the guys that are going to get it done for you in order for the Dons to be successful this year. Yeah, we're excited. You know, at almost every single position, we have an incredible battle going on um, to start. You know, you just you talk about quarterback and DJ Ralph and Caleb Price. Uh, you know, DJ just transferred in at, at last semester and uh, Caleb got a lot of playing time for us last year, and they've been battling all summer long, uh, and that continues through to through, uh, preseason here. Uh, Sean Poma, you know, season cut short last year. Sean is an, an unbelievable running back. If you look what he did, just the last four games of his sophomore year when we won state, uh, it was unbelievable highlight film you could see just, just in those four games. Uh, he's so explosive and so strong and puts so much time and energy into it. Uh, Zion, when we went up to Battle of the Beach up in uh, uh, Edison with the top teams in, in uh, Los Angeles and competed, um, he, he made those guys look silly sometimes. Uh, guys that are four- and five-star rated DBs. Uh, he really is a tremendous uh, pass rush or, or route runner and he catches the ball and just gets up after it. Uh, and then you look at our offensive line, like I said, the, the negative of starting a freshman and three sophomores last year is we now have a sophomore and three juniors back uh, with great playing experience. Um, so we're, we're excited. Uh, defensively, Coach Montali is the best defensive coordinator. He takes those guys and, and puts them in position. And, you know, you look at our two outside backers and Jordan Allen and Ethan Simley, you talk about Miles McCormick or Nick Otenero, at inside backer, and uh, you know not only with Garena who's bowing for a spot, but uh, you, you know you got Matt Soprenit at strong safety returning, uh, and, and other guys pushing those guys to be the best they can be, or they're gonna you know they're gonna sit. And so uh, it's 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 pretty exciting. Uh, we're looking forward to it. A lot of pieces back for the Dons. They're expecting to have a, a great season, but they opened up with a pretty tough matchup in La Costa Canyon. When we come back, we have head coach Sean Sovacol of La Costa Canyon joining us. He will talk about his first game against Cathedral Catholic and what he thinks about uh, the open playoff coming up later on the program with all three coaches. You're listening to Inside the Huddle with Braden Soprenant on SoCal Prep Insider. Welcome back to Inside the Huddle with Braden Suprenant. I'm joined now by head coach of La Costa Canyon, Sean Sovacol. He's entering his ninth season as the head coach. 
Uh, thanks for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for everything you do for our sport and our county. No worries on that. I, I love it. Grew up in on a sideline here in San Diego, uh, and uh, you know, just a local boy uh, covering some high, high school football. And and you're a local kid as well. You went to Fallbrook, and then and you went on to play junior college ball at Palomar before you know ending up at, at NAU, Northern Arizona University. Talk about your playing days and and how it potentially led to you coaching football one day. Yeah, I mean, I always, like you said, kind of grew up with sports and grew up on the sideline. I, I played about every sport you could think of. Um, in high school, I wrestled, ran track, and played football. I had a, you know, you know, our team had a great success. You know, my senior year, we were CIF champions um, under Randy Blankenship, and uh, it was a great run and created some great memories, uh, great friendships, lasting you know, now and, and forever, to be honest. And it, you, you fall in love with it. You fall in love with the game. You fall in love with the, the relationships, the moments, the memories, and, and, and all those things bring you back. I can't imagine uh, life without sports and specifically football in general. And I was real blessed to you know, have a lot of opportunities uh, out of high school, to out of Palomar, and, uh, you know, ended up in NEU and, and then came back, started coaching at Palomar right away, you know, um, after graduating from NAU. And, and so, you know, it was great opportunities from there. It led me to, to LCC and, and year number nine. It happened in a blink, but uh, just really fortunate. A lot of hard work, but more, probably more lucky than anything else. Hey, you come from a family that just loves teaching and coaching. Your oldest brother teaches at Orange Glen. Uh, your youngest brother is actually your head JV coach over there at La Costa Canyon. And then you know your sister teaches and coaches at uh, Mesa Marietta. Is that is that just you know something in your guys' blood? Yeah, I think that I have an opportunity to be you know the stewardess, the stewardship of coaching and, and teaching. And probably it was origin uh, originated from my dad, who was a career marine. Uh, lieutenant retired the colonel, uh, and uh, he's still working in that sector, helping you know place people with jobs for the military uh, upon retirement, and and just seeing him lead by example, I think you know it inspired us to do the same. We were all you know real active in sports growing up, uh, captains and. At really at every every level for myself, my sister as well, who's arguably was the best athlete of us all, was also a scholarship, you know, lacrosse player at Fresno State. You know, my my younger brother Casey is our JV head coach, and he he also is our varsity defensive coordinator. And you know, I'm always quick to say he's he's the best coach on our staff. He was a he was a hell of a player himself in high school, and 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 a, kind of the little man syndrome, you know, ten foot tall and bulletproof, but. He was a first-team all-league guard at 5'6", 150 pounds, soaking wet. But we played bigger than we were, and and uh, that's because the way we were raised. We were raised to be tough, and we were raised to be to be you know athletes and leaders. And uh, we're still doing it today. How is that relationship with uh, you and your brother? As you know, the coaching relationship. He's the defensive coordinator. You're the head coach. He goes down to JV and, and runs that program as well. It's it's a family affair at Lacoste Canyon. How does it you know work out between family and, and, and the coaching relationship? You know, my my brother's my best friend outside of my wife, um, and uh, he was my roommate for 18 years. Nobody knows me better. I don't think anyone knows him. 
better than I do. And, and so that relationship, I think, is pretty invaluable. Uh, we, you know, we're, we're not afraid to, to be candid uh, and we, we have a, a great amount of trust in each other and, and respect. You know, he's, he's great, man. He's tough. He's a teacher. He loves to do what he does, and he's great at it. And so, if you know, can you imagine any better opportunity to be able to work with uh, your best friend? Yeah, what a great uh, experience to have, you know, coaching with your brother. Uh, I, I've coached my brother before, and he's not at the age where he can coach himself. But, you know, just coaching with my dad and coaching, you know, my brother has is, is, is always been, you know, a favorite part of, of my life as well as I'm sure it is with your life and, and coaching with your brother. Let, let's talk about your guys' success at La Costa Canyon. Um, going over, you haven't had a losing season at LCC. Uh, you've You've produced a lot of good teams. Up there in the North County, what is a key? What has been a key to your success up there at La Costa Canyon? We have great players. You know, we have great support from the community. We have a good admin that that recognizes the value of athletics, and uh, and, and with that comes opportunities to be successful. You know, it's it's never X's and O's. It's always Jimmy's and Joe's first. And we've had good players and that that are coachable, that go hard that come from great families and uh with that comes the opportunity to to win some ball games too and we're i think we're we're still trending up there's no doubt and uh we're, we're getting closer and closer to our potential and if we uh, continue to prepare with a championship effort you know we'll make some noise this fall as well Talking with uh, Scotty Gaines, who's one of the the guys that works with us at San Diego Prep Insider, and he said he was talking to you. And you you, you think you got you know one of the most talented teams you've had at, at La Costa Canyon? Uh, l- let's talk about some of the kids you have on that 2018 team, and, and let's let's uh, you know give some shout outs and let us know who's going to be an impact player for for the Mavericks this year. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know we've we've definitely have been blessed with some great teams over the years. Uh, th- this team arguably is has some some explosiveness that might have been absent on, on, on even some of the, the best ones that we've had. Uh, that being said, you know we've had 48 kids go on and play college ball in the eight years that I've been there, and there was a great run well before me of, of championships, league championships, CIF championships. But so to say we're one of the best ever in school history, it would be a stretch. There, there's a lot to prove. But it, it all starts with the Lippert's. You know, Carson Lippert is a returning uh, starter, two-year starter. He was going to be a senior captain. Uh, he was a junior captain last year. Before he got hurt, we're six and zero, and and we're we're you know holding on to a ten-point lead against Mission Hills. And so he he's he's pretty pivotal player. He's he can make plays with the ball and without it. He's a he's a good leader. And uh, he's only gotten better. So it starts with him, and then his, his baby brother is going to be a sophomore to be. Really explosive, great change of direction. And him and Carson are just sharpening each other up. They're ultra competitive with one another, and they're, they're bringing out the best of each other. Uh, outside of those guys, you know, we've got the Ozzy Nicholas, uh, the man in the middle, you know, just a really explosive player, Pac-12 caliber. He's got filled in offers from Cal and San Diego State, you know, going into his junior year, which is pretty unprecedented, even at a school like ours. So, so without a doubt, he'll be an impact player, and he'll find himself on the offensive side of the ball too. Uh, Luka Trevanovic is our left tackle returning 
three-year varsity starter as well, starting the playoffs as a sophomore. And he's long, athletic, you know, get, developing a nasty edge in him too. He's playing with a lot of confidence. He's getting uh, Division One interest too. He's got four or five offers himself. Great student and a really high ceiling. Uh, outside of those guys, we're really excited about the guys under center. Marshall Eicher is starting to separate himself uh, as as the junior to be starter. You know, six foot four, two hundred and five pound. Really uh, football smart, uh, school smart. The guy can deliver the ball, and and he's big and he's strong and he loves this stuff. Uh, the, the the couple guys that are kind of sharing that role right now. Jake Shank was the backup last year, played slot receiver. Going to play some defensive back. Super savvy. Love to coach him. And and he's a great team player. And then Cole Miller, who was our leading receiver last year, uh, you know, is, is going to be a really important piece uh, of our team. His athleticism and experience is going to be valuable. But uh, th- those are kind of the, the go-to guys. But we have a lot of football players maybe not marquee guys and, and going on to play in, in the Pac-12 and this, that, and the other, but they love it. They love each other. They take the coaching. They they work in the process, you know, and they're out working yesterday and getting prepared for what's going to be a great 2018 campaign. 2018 campaign with Cathedral Catholic. You know, a matchup that – it is uh has been talked about for a long time of you know we you know the people want to see it uh you and Sean Doyle you know got it done and, and got the game on the schedule what went into scheduling this game and then I know you've already watched film on these guys so what what does Cathedral Catholic bring to you um from a challenge standpoint in in terms of trying to get a victory on August 17th yeah it's going to be a great challenge I think it'll be the first time in school history. Uh, I think it's 22 years. 20, yeah, 22 years. LCC has been established, and so you know, long time coming. Uh, you know, a lot of those players are our neighborhood kids, even uh, this year and years previous. So I think a, the community will be excited for it. Uh, I, I know I am. It's you know we've never been one to shy from a challenge. We always play at least one or two Southern Section teams every year. Um, and seeing these guys week one is, is biting off a lot. But to prepare for our league season and, uh, you know, God willing, have a run at an open division playoffs or even division one, you know, you, we have to schedule up. You have to be prepared. You can't wait to play big teams because we'll see them week to week the rest of the year. And so it'll be fun. It, it, with a ton of respect to them and their staff, you know, we've we've seen them over the years through film and I've seen them in person a couple of different times and passing league and everything else. But to, to get it, you know, live bullets, you know, on Maverick Way on the 17th is going to be well worth admission. Atmosphere. Uh, can't wait to check that one out. As we go down your schedule, you're talking about Southern Section teams. You, you know, you scheduled a, a – a, uh, you know, under the radar powerhouse, if you will, in San Clemente, um, that that's a big game that you, Tori, and Oceanside all scheduled. Uh, what 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 went into uh, you know scheduling that game? And um, you know, I don't want you to look too far in advance, but you know that's 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 a pretty big win, not only for LCC, but a big win for San Diego County as you guys go up there and represent the city of San Diego. Yeah, you know, we my first four years at LCC, we played San Clemente. Uh, we did two two-year contracts, 
And uh, we had some epic games with him. Uh, the most recent time we played him, we ended up beating him. And Sam Darnold was on that team. And thank God he was on the bench when we played him. So, but so that being said, you know, they're good. Coach Ortiz does a hell of a job. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've been in touch with him since he took over the job several years ago. Really well-respected program. It's, I think a similar demographic than ours, obviously on a bigger scale. Their, their school is uh, maybe three times as large as our student population, and they have a, a well-established, well-run program. And I don't know how big your radar is, but I don't think they're under it. You know, they're a state champion a couple years back, number one draft pick you know, type of caliber athletes coming out of there. And so uh, we'll, we'll be excited for it. You know, we've been up there a couple of different times. It's not too long of a trip, and they like coming down with us. I think it was uh, a little serendipitous that the half of the Avocado League will have a shot at them, and we'll be, you know, the third to do it, and that'll be to probably to our advantage. You know, I know Torrey Pines and Oceanside are far from being slouches, you know, so those guys will give them a good look. And then we'll do the best we can as well. So, like, like I already said, with Cathedral, you know, preparing for our league, you got you to test yourself. And doing it against those guys is, will, will be more than a test. So we're excited for the opportunity to play. Coach, to go uh, have San Diego go 3-0 and against San Clemente. But, you know, it might be wishful thinking, but I know all our teams can do it for sure. As I look at the rest of your non-league schedule, Valley Center, it's a small school, but, you know, they always play up to their competition. That's going to be another good game. And then I see Vista on your schedule, and as, as being a Fallbrook guy and, you know, the potential of that being an old high school rival, does that, uh, you know, get you a little bit more excited to play, you know, you know Beck, just kind of throw back to your high school days? Yeah, Big Red. Never slouch on Big Red. You know, great. I actually did my student teaching at Vista High School, taught world history, had the Kosei brothers in class. And then I, I felt like, uh, you know, almost like a feeder was Vista, Oceanside, El Camino uh, when I was coaching at Palomar. And so every year we play in our league, I'm coaching against former players of mine from Palomar. And Vista this year again will we'll be the same. There'll be a couple cats over there, Oceanside, El Camino former players of mine from my Palomar day. So, you know, there's a lot of roots built into it. When, when I was at Fallbrook, the, the Fallbrook Vista rivalry was alive and well. And, uh, you know, I just had some bragging rights with some teammates of mine when I ended up playing with some of the Panthers at, Pat, at Palomar. And so, yeah, that's going to be great. They're good. They always got a great crop of kids and they're definitely a trending up and, you know, seeing wing T two weeks in a, in a, in a row, can be a headache for a lot of staffs, but we prepare for a wing T team week 12 every year. So uh, this, this is something that kind of preps us for that as well. So no, 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 no dull moments, you know, in our, in our schedule. The season have two wing T teams to uh, prepare for your uh, ultimate rival uh, later in the year. I don't want to go through your entire schedule game by game because you know that get boring. But you know, real quick uh, synopsis, synopsis of the Avocado League. You know, everyone knows it's tough, but you know. Go ahead and explain to us how tough it is. You know, Ron Gladnick earlier on the on the podcast uh, last week said, you know, if you don't if you take a game lightly, that other team's going to beat you regardless of their record. It, let's talk about this big mighty uh, Avocado League and, and the challenges that you're going to have to face week after week um, in this kind of brutal schedule you guys have. Yeah, it's exciting. I think 
when you, you get a chance to, to compete against some of the best teams in the county, it brings out the best in, in your players and in, in your coaching staff as well. So we, we embrace it. It's, it's fun. You know, I have a ton of respect and, and really got to know these coaches over the years. Uh, Coach Texler and Coach Gladney, Coach McNeil, Coach Hobbs, he's new to the kind of the block, but did a great job, you know, taking that team to Seattle Championship last year. Um, it, it is, without a doubt, you know, a lot of fun. And respect the players and the programs. Uh, and, and it, you know, like we talked about, you just got, you got to be on your A game all the time. And you can't wait until Friday night to do it. You know, we were screaming that at the top of our lungs today in fall camp. You got you better play hard now because you're gonna you're gonna see it week one to twelve and God willing all the week you know, to week sixteen and seventeen too. So it's it is it's in the short it's awesome. We love being a part of it and representing you know North County San Diego and the Avocado League itself. So you know you just got back home from what you guys call Mom's Night Out. Um, talk to us a little bit about what Mom's Night Out is for Lacoste Canyon football and how important it is uh, for the Maverick football program. Yeah, this is, you know, I think most programs do something like it. They do a mom's clinic or the mom's game or an opportunity to kind of get the moms away from their kids and, and, and get to meet the coach and, you know, talk talk ball and learn about what, what their son's been, you know, escaping them for for the last, several months and weeks. And so the way we've done it the last couple of years is we'll, we, we meet up at a local restaurant, Rosati's uh, Pizza, there in El Camino Real, and we get the whole back patio. I send a, a, a survey home with the boys to share with their mom the night before where they answer a series of questions. You know, what position do you play? What is your favorite part of practice? What's your favorite play? You know, what's your favorite uh, thing about being a Maverick? You know, team goals, individual goals. So, and then they share that with their with their mother, and their mom brings the sheet back. And then, you know, I answer the questions from the questions. And it's just a good way for me to 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 thank to thank the parents in our community. I mean, so much sacrifice and uh, resources go into a program like ours, and and really every high school football program. And and so just show a little appreciation and attention to that. And you know. Uh, Celebrate the season and, you know, a nice little jump start to it with, the, you know, several other things that we do uh, prior to the, 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 you know, the real kickoff. So it's mostly just a thanks and, and a welcoming to the program. You run a, a great program up there at LCC. Have a lot. Have had a lot of uh, success. Twenty eighteen is not going to be any different uh, for the Lacoste Canyon Mavericks. I look forward to that first game against Cathedral Catholic on August seventeenth. Uh, Coach, thanks for joining us today. Thanks again to Coach Silvercold joining us uh, today, talking about his Lacoste Canyon Mavericks. Uh, it brings us into our final segment. And we do the town hall meeting and, and, and discussion about certain topics. And today's topic is the open t- uh, playoff format. Top four teams going instead of top eight teams. Uh, new system in place. And since it affects you three in particular a little bit more than any of coaches, um, we thought we'd have you on this week. Anyway, you know, Coach Owens, you went first. So let's, let's start off with uh, your thoughts on the new open playoff. Well, I think, that, you know, with the Open going to four teams, you know, it definitely makes it a lot more difficult to get in the Open. And, and the expectation at Helix, you know, we're the one team that's played in the Open playoffs every year. Um, obviously, we've played in the championship games for a few years in a row here. 
Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, we want to play in the open. I think, you know, that's my only worry is we've been a two seed the last two years. And, uh, you know, we've lost two games two years ago, but it still had the two seed. And then last year only had one loss. So it, it's going to be important that we do really well in the off season or in this uh, preseason games or it's going to be difficult for us to get in the open. But I think the nice thing about the open going to four teams, I do believe that the, uh, the uh, Division One was a little bit watered down the last few years and, and nothing to take away from Coach Jackson and Madison. But, you know, those guys should have been in the open division. They were probably one of the top three teams in San Diego that year. And um, I think, you know, it's going to make the, uh, the Division One playoffs a lot more interesting. And I think it's going to make the open a lot more difficult. Um, you know, it's going to be four teams, and you know it's going to be four really, really good teams. And so, you know, uh, again, I, I don't have any negatives towards it moving to four. I think my biggest thing is, uh, you know, I just want to make sure we're one of those four. So what do we, whatever we have to do to get in the four is, you know, what we're going to strive for. And, uh, you know, I think it, it's going to be interesting to see how the points and the max preps rankings and all that stuff, Cal preps, you know, kind of fit towards the end and, and kind of see where we all land, at, you know, when it comes to those four teams. Coach Silvacol, you're up next. Okay, so, I, you know, we've been a part of the Open Division, I, I believe it's every year but one. No, two, two, because we, we ended up in the Division One semifinals twice. And so it's, if, correct me if I'm wrong, is this going to be the sixth year of the Open Division? Uh, yeah, I think it started in, like, 20, it started the year after, it started 2013. Okay, and so we've we've been in it, and we've been uh, you know excited to be a part of it. I think it speaks to the volume of, of the success of the program. Uh, but th- there is a sense of if you're good, but you're not great, you get penalized a bit. Where there's some teams that you know the nine, ten, eleven, twelve seeds end up being a, a one, two, three, uh, four seed. Uh, where there's a five, six, seven, eight uh, that you know arguably we're on par or better than those other teams, but there's a sense of, you know, don't be good, but don't be too good, you know? And, and to me, that's against every competitive bone in my body and everyone else. Um, you know, we, we have great resources, resources at LCC. We have really good players. And, you know, I think it would be tough to argue that the tail of the tape, even with, with what we do have, we're not going to be bigger, faster, stronger, and more athletic than, you know, the top seven to eight teams in the county. We're going to have to out-team them. We're going to have to out-coach them. We're going to have to outwork them. You're going to have better, stronger roots and, and play better football uh, to, to be the best of the best. And, and I love that. I embrace that. You know, I've, I was raised that way uh, to embrace the challenge and to be the best. you got to beat the best. So, so we do appreciate the, the idea of, you know, funneling all those teams in, you know, the old school way, you know, 18 years ago when we won CIF, uh, when I was at Fallbrook High School, you know, it was a, it was a different different deal with school size. And we were a Division One school, and we were a big school. And I think, you know, Division Two champ that year was Helix, and a lot of people would have loved to seen seeing us play each other, and that wasn't going to ever happen. And then this new uh, program allows for that. So I think the kind of the sweet spot is is that four. I think I think it does make sense uh, to an extent. Uh, you know, I I would. If I had if I had my choice, I'd go back to the school size only because the representation now of state and playing in a regional game uh, with the CIF championship, you know, I think we, we do end up diluting and losing some, some great representation uh, with, with the eight for sure, and maybe even still so with the four. 
um, because there's going to be three teams that are fantastic that, that won't have that opportunity. Uh, if it were the old traditional rules, maybe they would have. Um, so I, there's a lot of, I have a lot of thoughts and feelings towards it. Ultimately, I think it is, it is a, it, it is a good idea. Um, cause if you are a top four team, then you deserve it. And, and you, you should have the ability and chance to beat, uh, to beat the number one. Now, last year we were number four, um, and arguably, you know, we did limp into that. We we had to, we had some some roster changes, some big ones at the tail end. You know, when you survive the gauntlet that is the Avocado League, and you've got to, you know, pee, uh, lick your wounds and and, and step into to the playoffs, and you know, it, it bit us in the butt a little bit last year. Uh, all the credit and awards for Tory Pines and, and playing them in a two week window. And, and they were fantastic that night, and, and we weren't. And so, but, you know, I think that might have been the only time a four had lost, or maybe it might have happened one time before. Um, so, you know, it, it so much in sports in general has to do with the luck of the draw with staying healthy, um, keeping the roster intact. And, and when you could be your best at the end is, is a blessing for sure. And so if we could have that happen, you know, we, we, I would feel really confident, you know, if you're, if you're in the top four, um, I think that it makes perfect sense. And finishing it up, last take, uh, Coach Doyle, you have the floor. So the, the open playoff, you know, again, I've been doing this long enough. We, we have done so many different things into how do you pick people for the playoffs? Uh, you know, we had private uh, or, or secret balloting to an open ballot, to a panel, to it, it's been so many ways. And every way has been um, put down by many people. Uh, you know, the moving the open playoffs to four teams, I think in a way it's unfortunate. I, I really believe there are eight teams in San Diego County that uh, are at the same competition level. Uh, you know, sometimes there's people rise a little bit higher than the other ones, but again, if you look across the board over the last four or five years since we've had the Open, uh, it, it really has been different people uh, getting there to the finals and then winning it. Um, you know, if I, I know one of the concerns was an 0 and 10 or 1 and 9 team making the Division One playoffs, but I, you know, I think that you could make maybe make the Division One playoffs and a team division playoffs also. Uh, it's just I, I know as a coach, and I know that our team wants to be in the open division, um, and you know you lose a game or two for whatever reason, and all of a sudden you don't get that opportunity, uh, and. You know, you do make it in the open division, and you have you win one game, and you're in the finals. Uh, it, it's, it seems kind of crazy to me, but you know, I'm sure we'll try this out for a year or two and see how it works out, and we'll readjust it if if, if uh, needs be. But uh, I, I thought they had it down pretty well the last few years of having the eight team open, and uh, you know, again, I understand the, the lower teams in, in Division One making it, and people being frustrated about that. But, you know, again, you, I think, you know, one of the results could, could have been uh, just making that an 18 playoff also and in the last four or whatever, do not make it uh, in Division One. Coaches all brought up great points. And, you know, whether you're for it or against it, it is happening. And it's going to be interesting the way things play out um, throughout the season and who makes that open playoff because the margin for error 
is that much smaller now. You know, Helix has a pretty tough schedule at the beginning. They lose a couple of those games all of a sudden. You know, like Coach Owens was saying in his interview, they might be on the outside looking in. And, you know, Cathedral Catholic's got a pretty tough schedule. Uh, a lot of Division One teams, man, are going to are gonna have some a tough road where their margin of error has to be very, very slim to, to basically none if they want to make the open final or make the open playoff rather and 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 win ultimately the open final and go on to you know compete at a high level in the state playoffs. So that does it for Inside the Huddle podcast with Braden Suprenit on this week's episode. Thanks again to Sean Sovacol of Lacosta Canyon, Sean Doyle of Cathedral Catholic, and Robbie Owens of Helix High School, uh, Helix Charter rather, uh, for joining me today. Um, be sure to check out the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud and all of our other podcasts on Southern California Prep Insider SoundCloud page um, and, and everything else we do. we got the high school football podcast starting up next week with Christian Pedersen and Tommy Morris. I'll be you know, filling in every once in a while. I know Bodie DeSilva will be involved as well as you know our analyst, Noah Alexia. Um, and I think the first episode's next week at Cathedral Catholic. They'll be checking out the Dons and how they're going through camp and, and I think the running back you episode is going to be with uh, Sean Poma coming back off his um, injury last year and how he's doing well um, this year. We'll uh, I'll send out the list of the coaches we're going to have next week. Thanks again for listening to Inside the Huddle podcast with Braden Supreme.